For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Fast coast to coast and boulder to boulder on TuneIn, iTunes, Real Loyalty. Stitcher, and of course, for a complete list of stations, check out JiggyJaguar.com. We've got a great guest with us today, and uh, Obama's Chicago Compound to a third world country is their hope with the new administration. And we've got a great guest with us today. We're going to go to the telephones and let him tell us all about it. Uh, Remdeer Chandra is with us today. Go ahead, my friend. Uh, talk to us a little bit on your, on your background. You're a realtor, small business owner, but uh, then tell us about this topic. Yeah, so uh, the name the name is Reminder Chata. Yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of obviously the news headlines are pretty uh, pretty blaring out there in terms of what's going on in Chicago, and I think it's you know something clearly has to be done, and uh, it doesn't seem like it's happening at the local level right now. Now. Uh Give us give us your thoughts on this whole thing. You you came to the U.S. via the uh, via the world to attend college in 1990 at James Madison University in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Decided to stay on a uh, settler and currently reside in Chicago. Yeah. Tell tell us a little bit about your background and, and and everything here. Sure, sure, yeah. So I mean, obviously, I you know I've lived uh, lived abroad. So I've seen uh, the third world. I lived in Somalia back in the day before it was cool. And uh, also, you know, lived in India and going on. So in these places, I mean, I think you get get a sense of the, how lucky we are to be living in, in the U.S. and what the opportunities we have. But it seems like at times we're, we're kind of um, not growing as much as we should as a society and kind of bringing everyone along with the, you know, the prosperity to them. Uh, there's definitely some... Um, issues that need to be tackled on a local level. Uh, I would say yes. safety is a, a fundamental uh, issue that is the first and foremost issue before you can start investing in schools and education and businesses and what have you. Graham, and uh, th th this whole thing with uh, the, the, the Chicago uh, situation out there, you, you've seen this firsthand. G give, give me your thoughts on all this. Yeah, I mean, so, so we're fortunate that we are not living it firsthand. We're on the north side of Chicago. Yes. It's relatively uh, a safe area, I would say. Um, as a realtor, you know, you can't say one area is safe or not. But, uh, I mean, relatively statistically I would say it's safer if you looked it up by neighborhood. Um, so we're not as, uh, as you know, and I think that's where the, I don't know if it's the dichotomy or what, what that what represents. It's just there's such a difference between the south side and the north side, and it's just unfortunate. Uh, even just yesterday, I think there were two kids that were shot in a school play lot. But like that's, that is hugely unacceptable. That, that's not 
you know, and, and for politicians to just sit and say, well, you know, we're not the worst in the country, that's, that's not an acceptable comment. And those are the comments that fly around. It's almost like I can talk badly about my family, but no one else can talk badly <laughs> about my family. And, and I think that's, that, you know, that's not, that's not finding a solution. That's basically deflecting so that you can continue to stay in power. And I think that's where, um, you know, it, it's just, you know, we're fortunate to live where it's not, you know, this isn't a day-to-day event, but but that, that doesn't make it okay. It just means we can be blind to it and live our merry little lives. But that's, that's just not, if, if we're all on this planet together, we, we should be looking out for everyone. We've got a, a great guest with us today. He joins us live. Obama's Chicago compared to a third world country is their hope. With a new, new administration, we've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big program here on Red Nation Radio. Tune in, iTunes, and Radio Loyalty. Now, um, give, give us your thoughts on where you, you see things going with the new administration. Um, I mean, clearly the headlines seem, you know, it's, it sounds like a crazy time. I don't know how crazy it is, if, if it's just crazy for half of the country or if it's crazy for all of the country. Yeah, yes, yes, indeed. I, uh, I I do agree with you on that, my friend. It is uh, a, a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our broadcast. Now, um, if 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 you were running things and you were you were you were helping people along, getting things going here, what would be your view, and how would you do this? Oh boy, uh, I don't, I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, you. I would hope that they don't depend on me because they, you know, everyone's been in power for so many years, and, and they seem to uh, promise so many solutions. There's backbending meetings, there's committees, so I can't. I mean, I would think that someone's already on it, uh, but clearly no one's on it because it continues. So by that, either the realities are so daunting that we can't take care of it, but we can take care of going into Iraq and seizing Mosul, but we can't take care of a, you know, two-mile, three-mile quadrant on the south side of Chicago. Uh, So one would say either it's too daunting or we don't want to resolve it. Uh, I don't know, you know, and yes, we want to throw in, it's about education, it's about, I mean, those are great platitudes to talk about, but clearly at the ground level, there's something else that's lacking that's more of an immediate solution. I can't, I can't, you know, not being privy to all the details, it's hard to say what the real solution is, but when, when you hear police say that there's documented gang members, one feels like, well, if they're documented, then why don't we, you know, take care of that situation? Uh, the hard part would be identifying them. But if someone is identified, then maybe you need to take the next step. It's almost like that Seinfeld episode. You can take the reservation, but you can't, <laughs> you hold, can't the hold the reservation. Exactly. So if we're, you know, if we're, if we're doing the documenting of gang members and we know, like, how many there are, we know there's this member, we'll take the next step. I mean, because clearly, as a citizen of Chicago up on the north side, I'm not going to be the person who's going to be able to take the next step. So someone needs to step up and take that next step. And I'm not saying we need to turn into a police state or anything like that, but clearly it's unacceptable when kids are dying and all we hear is, well, we need to spend more on education, we need to, you know, spend more on cops. 
Sure, sure. So it's just an endeavor that we had to sort of uh, start a, you know, a different, it's a frozen yogurt shop at, at the end of the day, but we wanted to do it a little differently where it was, you know, you don't wait around. It's a little faster. You come in, you get your frozen yogurt. It's one price. You move on. Uh, so it's just a, a, you know, I've always wanted to experiment with something. And, uh, I mean, it's, you know, it, it turned out, but even, even in a simple thing like that, I mean, it took us nine months to get permits to build out. Um, you know, as a small business, it, it, we weren't, uh, everyone would say, well, undercapitalized or overcapitalized. All that means is you didn't have enough reserve uh, cash left over because you didn't expect something to take nine months. Yes. And before you can even sell one cup of frozen yogurt. So I think clearly the regulations exist with the idea of helping society and eliminating foodborne illnesses and all of that. But I think the it, it's all somewhat of an illusion. At the end of the day, you know, the Chipotles of the world are sickening people too. So if you really don't want to get foodborne illnesses, the best thing would be not to ever eat out. But unfortunately, as we've learned, we, we cannot, uh, you know, get that into our head, so we continue to eat out. So you're putting yourself at, at risk. There is no, like, true way of eliminating risk except eating at home because I can remember growing up never being ill when my mom cooked at home. Uh, <laughs> hey, you are correct right. about that. So, so, you know, all of this stuff that keeps happening, it's because it takes very little of bacteria on someone's hand to, you know, they, it's, I don't know if you know, you need to wash your hands for at least 30 mm -hmm. seconds to get rid of everything that's on there. And I don't think I've seen any food restaurant worker. Maybe there's a couple that actually follow that. Um, so, so there's definitely, you know, it, it's been enlightening to see what what the guidelines exist and how much are they just give the illusion of safety when, in true sense, the best form of Welcome back to our world-famous Cheeky Jaguar Radio broadcast, coast-to-coast coast and border-to-border border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and, of course, 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. Dr. Ann Pierce is going to be with us here in a few moments. A perilous path, the misguided foreign policy of Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and John Kerry is our latest book. And today we're talking about the Iran missile threat. It's... Uh, Prompting calls in Congress to expand the U.S. missile defense, and uh, Dr. Pierce joins us on the telephone. How are you, Doctor? Hi, doing well. Thanks for having me. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about this this topic, because th this is a very, very important topic that's going on right now. Well, it sure is. Um, and just to back up a little bit, in my book, I uh, talked about how we were seeing all this coming. I wrote A Perilous Path because I became so concerned about Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton's foreign policy that I finally had to write this book. And they were rejecting our best foreign policy traditions, which emphasized peace through strength and human rights. They were downgrading our defenses, de-emphasizing our ideals, reaching out to the world's worst dictators and offering to negotiate with them without any preconditions, and often negotiating these disadvantageous deals with them um, and inadequately focused on growing threats. So I see Iran in that light. We have um, Iran benefiting from the Iran deal 
and not only from the deal itself, which I wrote in an article was already unnecessarily generous to Iran, but also from all the secret concessions and side deals and payouts that the Obama administration made to Iran surrounding that deal. And now we have this tremendous uh, steady progress in its um, missile program and you know, related nuclear activities that are very concerning. So the uh, uh, Trump administration needs to decide what to do about this and already has various plans in place, it seems. Now, uh, what, what, what exactly do, do you think that they're going to be able to do that some of the other administrations have not been able to do? already know what it is using this cash windfall from the Iran deal and side deals to do. It is using those, uh, that money to fund terror, Hezbollah, Hamas, Iranian guards, um, and of course to keep supporting the horrific genocidal Assad regime. Um, and then recently we've seen Western navies hold a series of drills off the coast of Iran um, as a show of force. So there's definitely more pressure on Iran in, in this administration, but um, for those who are afraid that it will be a too drastic and incendiary move away from um, diplomatic approaches, it also, however, looks like um, the administration, the Trump administration, is committed to actually keeping the new deal itself. We, we heard that out of um, some EU officials recently, that they have been reassured that uh, the nuclear deal just will be kept, although on, on our part, but we're going to interpret it more strictly. We've got Dr. Ann Pierce with us today. She joins us live here on our big broadcast. The Iran missile threat prompts calls in Congress to expand the U.S. missile defense. That's the headline, and we've got Dr. Pierce with us today talking about this. Now, it seems a group of 25 Republican House lawmakers joined by one dissenting Democrat have sent a letter urging President Donald Trump to significantly increase the funding to various programs. Do you think that this is going to happen? Of developments in, in North Korea and 
not only this steadily deteriorating human rights situation, I say in my work that the problem isn't just that North Korea has camps. You could look at the whole country as a concentration camp. And we have this steady advance in their weapons programs, and every time they test another missile, they are advancing that program even further. So um, it is time to take the threat very seriously. We've got Dr. Ann Pierce with us today. Now, Dr. Pierce, uh, before we let you go, how do we get a hold of you online? Uh, well, A Perilous Path is on available at Amazon and various other booksellers, and uh, my website has a lot of my foreign policy articles, and that is Anne with an E, middle initial R, Pierce.com. Good stuff. Well, Dr. Pierce, I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for coming on the big program. Thanks a lot for having me. Definitely. We'll talk soon. Appreciate it. Dr. Ann Pierce with us today here on our big broadcast, known the world over as the world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast. Coast to coast and border to border. Check out JiggyJaguar.com for more information. Welcome back to our big broadcast, coast to coast to border to border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and of course a brand new Jiggy Jaguar app available in the App Store, JiggyJaguar.us. We've got a great guest with us today. Vibiana is joining us today from Pasadena, California, and uh, she has got the perfect, perfect Valentine's Day uh, interview with us today. She is a uh, going to be chatting with us about My Amour, My Love. It's a memoir expressing her love for a mother who has just turned 99 years of age. And we go to the telephones. Viviana is with us today. Viviana, how are you? I'm fine, and happy Valentine's Day to you, and I hope you got a little paper valentine from somebody. Uh, we did. We did. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, so tell us about this book. Thank you. Thank you. My mother is... Isabel Aparicio. She's my love and my Valentine every day of the year. But in particular, today I'm happy to share the story of my book about my mother, Isabel. And in every chapter of the book, I write a poem and a story about my mother's life beginning in Tucson, Arizona. She was born in 1913 and then brought to L.A., um, in 19, uh, let's say, about four, about four years later, and then her mother and father died, but was brought up by her aunt, Maria, with all 11 kids, and despite the hardship of those times before and during the Great Depression, that family had a lot of love and a lot of culture. The Mexican culture, I think, kept her joyful with the music and there was always the, the cooking and the love and a lot of togetherness of the sisters who hung on to each other because they had no one else and that's my mother Isabel she's a very joyful person and I have learned about her to be joyful and to give praise to others because my mother always jokes and she's sort of a That's what happened to poor people during the Depression. Um, she had a lot of good things, such as storytelling and music in her life. 
And that's the way she brought up us kids, us five kids in the east side of Los Angeles. Um, in other words, she didn't have anything, so she raised us with a house because she never had a house, with food on the table because she didn't have that. And what she would do was give us that miracle food every morning called cod liver oil. <laughs> okay. She would sew clothes from us from flour sacks that you still see in most Mexican stores. It's a flour sack with the flour that you use to make tortillas. And in those days, those flour sacks had little flowers and calico designs. And with that fabric, fabric she would make little sacks, a little slips and underwear for us and at night we would say our nightly prayers and that was very important because we were scared of things and like most kids scared of what was out there in the world and in those days there were riots and um, it was difficult in LA in those times there was the KKK and gangs and in the 20s and in the late 20s so we, it was fearful but we had our little prayers at night which would be helpful and she would tell us stories and then she would make sure that we ha did our homework, and this was what she did. We would sit around the kitchen table, and she would make flour tortillas, and we did our homework, and she'd toss us a tortilla if we were progressing very well. But, you know, all those, there were simple mem memories, but, you know, with love and her way of giving us values about the importance of family, no matter how poor you are, you know, Mama's there to love and praise you and give you a tortilla and cod liver oil. <laughs> and, well, I guess families give vitamins today and power bars, you know, to the kids. But that was my mother's mattress. And it's a volcanic little black, it's a, like a rock-like bowl. Okay. And there you would grind your herbs and your chilies, and that's called a molcajete. And I drew that, and above this grinder, I drew two chilies together, and they look like two chili hearts flying over the bowl. And this is how I honor my mother and her hands. And I say in this poem, my mother's hands make tortillas every day. She uses la piña flour, the kind that comes in a flour-printed cotton sack. To this, she adds baking powder, salt, and lard. She sprinkles warm water into the mixture, pats the dough into one big sphere, then shapes small, plump balls. My mother's hands rolls the tortillas into perfect round gifts. She grinds them on a cast iron comal. She folds the tortillas into a tea towel. My mother's hands then serves the tortillas with a steamy Mexican meal and leads us in a prayer of thanks. And, of course, we make that sign of the cross to give thanks. And so these are little poems honoring my mother, something like one I gave you. And before each poem is a drawing to signify my feeling, you know, about the sense of my mother's love. <laughs> it is it is fantastic. We've got a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast, Coast to Coast and Border to Border on TuneIn, iTunes, Real Loyalty, Stitcher, and of course, the brand new Jiggy Checkwire app available in the App Store. Now, you were talking about the, the, the keys to raising uh, children successfully. Tell me a little bit about this. 
grandmother gave us a lot of verbal time. In other words, there was no radio and no TV. We're too poor for that, which was actually a benefit. So she would talk to us. And really, we didn't have books, but my dad managed to get us an encyclopedia. So we looked at the pictures. And then we got to eat those tortillas she made. So I guess we may have been in poverty, but we had a lot of togetherness time, you see. Yes. And um, another thing we did together, and we were not embarrassed to do this, but sometimes we did not have food in the refrigerator. But we were not horrified, and we got used to it. And actually, we gathered food in the hills around us. And I believe people are now having uh, victory, well, there used to be called victory gardens, but vegetable gardens, people are now doing that. Um, and I think that's very important. But we, we had, we did that. It was during the, the Depression, uh, a little af uh, bef little after. But that was still in those families where you would have little gardens. But uh, we would eat cactus. They're called nopales. We had grapes hanging in the back. And we often had mint, uh, yerba buena, which would be always planted under the dripping faucet for, uh, for tea. And we were so lucky that um, at the local store, when we had no money, Mr. Diaz let us put, the, put it on the bill. We would say, put it on the bill, Mr. Diaz. And in those days, you could do that. I don't know if anybody does that. Maybe very small towns in Texas, maybe, they might do that, where they would give you some leeway if you didn't have the money. But um, we would all wander in the, in the hills and get the cactus, the mint, and fennel. And in, in one of my stories, I, I'm just going to say a little bit, but when my dad's paycheck ran out at the end of the month, so did the food in our GE monitor top refrigerator. That's when Ma got really creative with our meals. Ma directed us five kids to gather greens from the hills around our neighborhood in City Terrace. This is in East Los Angeles, which is a, a primary Mexican neighborhood. But at that time, it was a Jewish and some Italian and Mexican neighborhood. And she made us meals from the bits of leftover foods in the fridge and the green greens we would Kids can uh, gather food and do some shopping for the food and kind of refrain from frozen meals a couple of times a, a week <laughs> to have the kids, you know, make food and, and then do some of your grandma's homemade old-fashioned recipes. That, that is a, that's an act of love when we share our cultural values with kids because I feel they're so lost. Everything is so fast. Day, yes, you know? yes. And so and this is kind of like a heart-to-heart -heart talk with you, my heart to you. Now, now, are you planning on writing a, a follow-up or, or a sequel to this book? Yes, as a matter of fact, thank you for asking. I, am, I, was re I received a fellowship to Antioch University in Los Angeles and the, for two... Um, to help me with fees, you know, college costs so expensive, and I, w I was shocked. I'm a senior citizen and a grandmother, and I have sympathy for these young kids, but I did ask for some help, and they gave me a fellowship. So I'm earning an MFA in creative writing, 
and I'm going to write the story of my father, Elias Aparicio, and his story is very in, uh, interesting. History, painful, but survival. It's from, uh, they're coming across the border in 1905. That's even before the Mexican Revolution. They went into Texas, which was welcoming, but then got worse as time came in. The KKK came in, and there was a lot of, it's called eugenics, white supremacist attitude. Yes. That influenced my father, the way they were brought up, and the pain they went through in El Paso, Texas. So they left Texas in about 1916 to L.A. with six kids and the mom and dad. Uh, my granny was very indigenous, Indian, and my grandpa was mestizo, Indian and Spanish. And they came to a, a barrio in East Side in L.A. And so they were there in 1916, and it's changed from that time to now. So I'm going to tell the story about my dad's journey with his parents and what they saw in their world. And when they came into L.A., it was a very mixed... And in fact, the first you ever had were from Slavic uh, construction companies. And they gave him breaks as a young man. And as you, if you know your history, with the Civilian Conservation Corps under... SCR, yes. They gave jobs to poor guys in the city. And he had jobs in construction. And I don't know, maybe you're da your dad or you have those stories about those times. Well, was on I'll tell you, it sounds like an exciting book. It's fantastic. I've got to move along, my friend, but thanks for being with us today. Thanks for coming on our broadcast. And thanks. I'm just going to give you one more plug. Yes, go. My book online at Amazon.com. this today and thank you for sharing this with everybody you're a nice guy Very definitely nice. thank you much Bye. appreciate it don't let that get around that'll ruin my reputation uh we are gonna go to donna carol voss here in just a few moments she has got the uh, fantastic hail to the chief and uh she is going to be joining us here in a few moments and uh it's been an interesting uh, broadcast here um it just has been <laughs> it just has been but uh we are gonna go to donna carol voss here in just a few seconds and uh get her on with us there we are sorry about that i had a very long-winded guest uh <laughs> she was she was very happy to be on the show today but uh donna carol voss with us today DonnaCarolVoss.com, Hail to the Chief, 10 Questions to Ask Every Local Office Candidate is now available. And uh, house cleaning after needless dirt after uh, 44 previous presidential administrations. America ought to realize that none is or will ever be uh, perfect. The best we can hope for is to make new mistakes rather than repeating. of uh, Kellyanne Conway, who was on TV seven hours before Flynn resigned, saying he has the president's full support. Tell us about this. Poor Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> she got a job from hell or what. So she gets her marching orders, I'm quite sure, from President Trump. She goes out there and does exactly what he tells her to do. By the time she gets back to the office, he's changed his mind ten times. So I just feel so bad for Sean Spicer, for Kellyanne Conway, for uh, Steve Miller, the young kind of 
spokesperson that was there on the Sunday show, show Sunday morning, who I honestly thought was a Saturday Night Live skit. He was that embarrassing. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of Trump's policies and the Trump administration, so I say that with a, a heavy heart. We've got uh, a great guest with us today. Donna Carol Voss joins us now. Are they sacrificing the infantry like Steve Miller on the uh, Sunday shows because there's no way to put a good spin on DJT's actions? Well, you have to wonder why they would send somebody so inept out there, right? Because, I mean, he's got plenty of people that love to uh, defend him and explain him. And I don't know why they picked this guy who honestly sounded a little bit like a joke. I think maybe they just, you know, they, they're letting the low-hanging fruit go because it's just going to be a bloodbath out there right now. It is Donna Carol Voss. She joins us today here in our broadcast. Coast to coast to border to border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and, of course, the brand-new Jiggy Jaguar app available in the App Store. JiggyJaguar.us. You can stream the show live, 24-7 replay, exclusive news and programming information. And also, if you miss any of Donna's commentaries each and every week on our program, you can find them at our website, JiggyJaguar.com. She, uh, uh, you, you are uh, very popular, by the way, on our website. I... Uh, <laughs> A lot of people either either they they love listening to you because they hate you, or they love listening to you because they like you. I don't know which it is. You know I haven't what? figured it out yet. I'm waiting for my first death threat. I figure when I get my first death threat, <laughs> you've made it. Why did it not matter until yesterday? And the only thing I can imagine is that it didn't matter until it was he was forced to let it matter because other people knew about it. Yeah. So I don't know, but it's I just uh, it's a mess. It's 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 a very unfortunate, if I'm going to say it very lightly, very unfortunate turn of events. It is the fantastic uh, Donna Carol Voss with us today here in a broadcast, and um, uh, how interesting is this is this whole Mike Pence thing? Uh, he, he he just uh, uh, Mike Pence just kind of stays out of people's ways. I've noticed. Well, not only that, but he's supposed to be so calm. You know, it takes a lot to rile him. And look, he's, like, angry and vocal about it. And I cannot imagine what went down that it tripped his wire. That concerns me more than anything. There's two things that really worry me. One is if if, uh, Mike Pence is reacting, and two, if Kelly Conway quits, I would be very, very concerned. I mean, if she gives up and she's like, I, I just can't deal with this, then I shake in my own shoes. It, it is uh, Donna Carol Vossel's today. Kellyanne Conway seems to be the master spokesperson. She responded very skillfully to Matt Lauer this morning without ever basically answering a question. Why was the misleading of Mike Pence the straw that broke the camel's back yesterday when the White House knew about the misleading last month? See, that's, that's my question exactly. Yeah. I have to say, I mean, I felt for her. Because Matt Lauer asked her directly, and she just dodged it every single time. But if I were ever in trouble, I would want her to be my spokesperson. Because you know what? Nobody does it better. <laughs> it is Donna Carol Voss who joins us today. Are we doomed to relive uh, some of this needless history? Well, are you talking about yesterday's history? Oh, or just uh, the, the whole thing. The whole thing coming through. Oh, oh I was joking. <laughs> Every, every new party that gets in power, 
they think somehow that they're better, that they're going to do it differently, that somehow, you know, beating their head against the same wall will have a different result. So absolutely, I think we repeat history every four to eight years. Welcome back to Lineup Media Presentation, lineupmedia.fm. It is the Jiggy Jaguar Experience, jagshow.com. That's jagshow.com, J-A-G-S-H-O-W.com. We're going to be talking to Jay Izzo here in a few moments, and uh, lots of stuff to cover with Jay. Uh, I I also am going to float an idea. Uh, I know he'll be fine with it. And I'm sure the uh, the one of the other people that I want to get on with him will be fine with it, but I don't know about the third person. So we will uh, <laughs> we might have to uh, do some uh, some disguising and uh, see what we can do here. But uh, jagshow.com is the website. Go over there. We've got all our. Uh, Past episodes, contact us page. You can also get more information on what lineupmedia.fm is up to. Uh, subscribe to us with iTunes, also Google Play. Subscribe with us on Stitcher. And, of course, our RSS feed is available, jagshow.com. And shop, connect, and enjoy with Amazon. Go over there and uh, hit up the Amazon link and uh, shop Amazon. We get a uh, little bit of a kickback so we can pay some uh, production costs. We also have... Uh, the way to connect you with all the great savings over there at Amazon and all the great products. 30-day free trial. Your downloading of your free audiobook is available. Audible.com. It's available on our website, J-A-G-S-H-O-W.com. And, of course, check out the Jiggy Jaguar Show multimedia app. It is available at JiggyJaguar.us. You can stream the show live. You can listen to 24-7 Replay. Also, podcasts are available, videos from YouTube, and uh, live broadcasts. Everything, audio, video, is available inside of our app. And we go to Jay Izzo, who is our uh, social media guy uh, here on our broadcast. And uh, it is the uh, the new year. We are uh, We've got a lot of things uh, to cover here, by the way, Internet Doctor on Twitter, at Internet Doctor, and the website, socialmediology.com. This week in social media with Jay Izzo, the Internet Doctor, a 2016, a brief social media year in review. And uh, when we look back at the year in the rearview mirror of 2016, it's now impossible to look back without looking at how social media has affected and infected our lives, from the social media stupid to the social media savvy, from athletes to celebrities to politicians. Jay Izzo has found its way into the mainstream of our daily lives. And with us today, Jay Izzo, the Internet Doctor, he's here to help us look back at some of the most influential and perhaps insidious moments of 2016 and a little bit more detail than we did uh, a couple weeks ago with Jay. Um, Jay, welcome to the broadcast. How are you, sir? I am well, James. I hope you are. Yes, yes, and uh, I'll tell you, there is a uh, there's a heck of a lot to cover here, my friend. And uh, yeah, well, it it seems that uh, 20, 2016, 2017 now, uh, just just a, a lot going on. Um, what was uh, some of the social media stupidities of the year? 
You know, James, there were so many social stupidities of the year that we covered <laughs> on this program. It, it was really hard to pick a couple that just stood out, and but I did manage to find a couple. I, I think we have to go back to earlier in the year, and for those folks who are not sports fans, there was a young man from the University of Mississippi who was in the NFL draft. His name was Laramie Tunsil. Yes. And uh, for 45 minutes, the, the, people have to understand, this guy was picked to be like the, the first offensive lineman to be picked. He's going to be like number three. And 45 minutes before the NFL draft started, a social media post was floated around with him wearing a gas mask, smoking a bowl of marijuana. Subsequently, what happened was after that, his stock dropped faster than Twitter has in the past year. <laughs> and this, you know, <laughs> this poor young man lost probably, it was estimated, around $8 million in signing bonus. But don't fret, ladies and gentlemen, if you're feeling sad about this moment that this young man lost $8 million, he was still drafted number 13 in the NFL draft, and he is starting for the Miami Dolphins who are going to the playoffs. So he uh, is trying to make good on his promise that he said that he would do and that he was going to work his tail off to prove people that that was just one mistake in his life. So I think that's the first one. But we got a second one, and this one okay. just recently happened, and this comes from Mexico. So little Ruby Ibarra from San Luis Potosi, Mexico. Her, She's about to have her... Quinceañera party, which is a sweet 16 party for those people who don't know in the culture in Mexico. They have, at the age of 15, they kind of have a sweet 16 party, and it's a really big deal. And generally there's gifts and things exchanged. Well, this, this young lady's father decided to make a video inviting everyone to show up to her uh, Quinceañera party. Well, the, here's, the, here's the problem. He... He meant to only invite the neighboring communities, so it was going to be big, but he did not expect all of Mexico to show up. There were several thousand people, as it turns out. The video went viral. He put his event on Facebook. That went viral. Even one of the airlines was offering 30% offering off your airline ticket if you went to <laughs> Fantastic. Ruby, Ruby Iberis. Quinceanera uh, party, and so it got so out of control. According to the Telegraph, uh, okay, Telegraph, it was so out of control that what happened was police had to be brought in, the Red Cross had to be brought in, and what I recently read is that one person actually died in this uh, fracas of people uh, that showed up to this party, and. Uh, and then there were a bunch of people who were disappointed, and part of the problem was that some very clever people decided to create some fake news about this party. We're all well of fake news in the headlines. Well, they started talking about that they were digging trenches of pits with all this food and everything, so people came from all over to this party. Of course, there wasn't nearly enough food. Uh, and and some people were disappointed because they were hoping that they were going to... One lady was read was reported as saying that she was disappointed because she thought she was going to get a new dress for her daughter's 15th uh, year party. So that was truly a gaffe and just goes to show you how viral things can go. And that's some of our stupidities of the year. 
Uh, of course, you know, some of the other highlights would be Blake Shelton, you know, for his past uh, tweets that he put out, a little bit of gay bashing and a uh, little bit of uh, his little sexual uh, tweets that he put out there way, way back in 2011. And, of course, we can't forget Playboy Bunny Danny Mathers, who is still trying to get a real estate license and is now afraid she's going to go to jail and is no longer in the Hollywood Athletic Club. So those are some of our highlights of stupidities of the year, James. We've got a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast, our fantastic, fantastic Jay Izzo. He joins us live here on JagShow.com. Listeners are invited to send their pick for social media blunder pick or tip to SocialMediology.com. Selected input will receive a free copy of Got Social Mediology. And Got Social Mediology is available for sale through Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and at your local bookstore. Jay Izzo with us today, the Internet Doctor, wrapping up 2016 with a little bit more in-depth than we uh, did did a few weeks ago. I wanted to get him back on here and chat about this. Who is the social media's stars of the year, my friend? Uh, yeah, so when I define a social media star, I'm thinking of someone who's used social media in a way that enhances their own success or promotes their own success or uses it in a very clever way that uh, helps them in a, a tremendous way uh, through the social media mediums. And I'm a hockey fan. Uh, I'm, I'm a big football fan, but I'm also a hockey fan. Um, my wife is a corporate sponsor for the Carolina Hurricanes here in Raleigh, North Carolina. And so we go to a lot of hockey. And at the end of every hockey game, they give you your three stars of the night. Well, we don't have three stars today, James. We have two. Two. And we're going to start with the second star of the year. The second star of the year, my second star of the year, goes to Bernie Sanders. You know, we have forgotten about good old Bernie, uh, Uncle Bernie. Um, who was promised to give everybody everything. I don't know how that was going to happen, but he was going to give away everything. Yep. But this guy was a genius on social media. He was a genius. People do not recognize how many millions upon millions of dollars he was able to raise in 5 10 $20 donations from college kids taking away their pizza money and how he was able to raise this amount of money through social media, specifically he used Facebook uh, tremendously and Twitter pretty well, but really Facebook to generate this massive support for his campaigns. Matter of fact, there, it was twice in the campaign, and it started in Iowa. I think he raised something like $3.25 million in 24 hours through Facebook and PayPal alone at the Iowa caucuses. And, you know, I don't know what the election would have been had Bernie won, and, you know, he he was right, you know, because, let's be honest, the Democratic National Committee fired their chairman, which is, I don't remember that ever happening, for emails, right, that basically said they were out to get Bernie because they had already picked their candidate. And, you know, I don't know when the last time the chairman of, the, of a committee, whether it was Republican or Democrat, never put down the gavel on the opening of, of before the election, and Debbie Washerman Schultz certainly was fired because of these emails, which got transpired through all of social media. So Bernie gets my second star because he really did a phenomenal job with social media, which leads us to our first star of the yes. year. And that has to go to, yes, and that has to go to Donald Trump. I mean, it, I, James, I do a lot of radio and TV. I've been on with Liz Wheeler on yep. uh, Tipping Point. I have done 
political shows in Boston, Seattle, all over the country. And I was saying before the election even started, I said, you've got to really watch this guy's social media. He is, he is really genius when it comes to social media. And he's doing it in such a way that he does not have to spend even one-third of the money that the other candidates have to spend because he's able to leverage his social media so incredibly well. And people laughed at me, and, and I had written articles saying that, look, this guy is going to win based on my social media statistics. And people said, no way, it's not going to happen, he can't win. Well, he won. And he did it really through social media. He really <laughs> won through social media. And when you can become president of the United States strictly through social media, folks, I'm sorry, like him or loathe him, it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is he used social media in a way that he got the largest job on the planet through social media, and he has to be my social media star of 2016. Amazing, amazing stuff. Jay Ezra with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. Check out Got Social Mediology. It is available for sale through Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and at your local bookstore. To read more helpful articles with Jay, check out socialmediology.com. And Jay is with us today here on our big broadcast here on jagshow.com. Now, what is the uh, social media year-ending tip, my friend? Yes. So, you know, James, I wrote this book. We talk about it occasionally on this show. It's called Social Mediology. <laughs> yes. it's, it's occasionally brought up. And I'm looking at a copy right here on my desk. And it's a good-looking book, by the way. Um, but one of the things I keep preaching, and whether it's your show, whether it's any other show that I do, but what I preach in the book is ultimately every piece of business that we do, and, and that includes you and what you do on the radio and me and what I do in, in, in consulting and speaking around the country, relationships are the most important thing to your business. And if you are not making relationships, you're never going to grow your business, period. And if I have a tip for anybody, it is you need to grow your relationships. And social media can help you grow your relationships and create what we call EWOM, which is electronic word of mouth. There is nothing more powerful and nothing more free than word of mouth marketing. James, you know it as well as I do that when people talk about you and, like, when I go out and I tell people, hey, I'm on the Jiggy Jaguar show, catch them on iHeartRadio or this station or that station, depending on where I'm at in the country at any given time, that's free advertising for you because I'm excited about that show. Yep. And when we promote it through Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and if you use Snapchat, so be it Snapchat or Pinterest or whatever it is, the truth of the matter is it comes because you're developing relationships, whether it's digital or whether it's face-to-face. And when you're creating those relationships – you are building your business, and you're talking about business growth. And so my tip, of the, my tip for the end of the year is continue to build those relationships online and face-to-face. Stop promoting. Start relating. Because the biggest problem I see in businesses when I find out that they're having a problem when I go into consult a business, and they say, yeah, my social media is not working, the first thing I do is I look at it, and I look, and I see how many relationships they're creating. And when I don't see it, I know that's the problem. So, folks, use your social media to build relationships, not just to promote your business. 
And that's our social media tip of the year. We've got the fantastic Jay Izzo with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. Coast to coast, border to border, tune in, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, of course, the brand new Jiggy Jaguar app available in the App Store. And jagshow.com is the official website of lineupmedia.fm's Jiggy Jaguar experience each and every week on our broadcast here. Now, what was, uh, Jay, the uh, social media resource of the year, my man? resources out there, James, as you well know. We've talked about a bunch of them. But, you know, I'm going to be a little bit selfish this year. And I'm going to just say, folks, if you want a resource that's going to talk about how to utilize social media and not spend marketing dollars, the best resource that I know of that you can find is a book entitled Got Social Mediology Psychology <laughs> to Master yes. Social Media for Your Business Without Spending a Dime. Written by Jay Izzo, the Internet Doctor, and yes, it is a registered trademark. So that, I think, is the resource of the year. Hey, I'll tell you, brother. That that's that's yeah. perfect. That's perfect. Now, um, now, Jay, before we let you go, I have an idea for an upcoming uh, uh, JagShow dot uh, com program. I know that we've we've done some stuff in the past with with you and a few other social media people. And and had a blast. And so what I'm wanting to do is get together a social media roundtable with okay. you and two other people. And the two other people that 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 uh, I'm I'm wanting to get on. One of them is uh, and, and I don't think I'll have a problem getting her on because she's been on our she's she's been on our Sunday show. I don't think it'll be an issue. But um, I want to get on uh, this this one chick. Her name is Sophie J. She is a uh, she is a cosplayer, you know one of the one of these people that dress up like Batman or whatever, and yeah. they go to, they go to the comic book conventions and all this stuff. Well, she's a social media. That's what she does during during her her day job is she's a big social media person, and uh, I would love to get you on with her, and then also, and I I I think I think Sophie will have an issue with this. I don't think Annabelle will have an issue with this, but I want to get another chick on with you by the name of Annabelle Peaks, and she is a social media... She, she is fantastic with social media, but she's a porn star. <laughs> she, she uses social media to do all sorts of things to further her porn career, and it is absolutely, absolutely amazing. And so I want to get you... And Sophie and Annabelle on. I don't think we'll have a problem convincing Annabelle to come on, but I think I might have a problem with Sophie convincing her to be on with a porn star. But I'll work on it. We might just say screw it, and we might just take our chances. But uh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I'm wanting to do is get you you three folks together to discuss social media. So I love it. I love it. Let's let's do it. I mean, what the heck? I mean, I mean, I'm sure Annabelle could teach us a few things about a lot of things, not just social media. But, um, but you know, I mean, she's probably, I know she's got to be incredibly successful. And, uh, you know, Sophie J., who I do know, who I'm aware of, uh, I forgot completely about the cause stuff. But, yeah, I think that would be... I think that would be a blast. I'd say let's go for it. Let's 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 get them on. Let's talk some social media and let's 
let's get some different insights into that. I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, uh, we will we will do that in the new year. Jay, uh, have yourself a happy holiday, and I definitely will talk to you in the new year. Thank you, my friend. Okay, before we go, real quick, yes, uh, James. Hey, let's do this. Let's do this giveaway. I want to I want to give this thing away. Okay, if you're listening. If you're listening to this show right now, if you're listening to this show right now, and you will tweet the first person that tweets at Jiggy Jaguar. Got to okay. tweet Jiggy. At Jiggy Jaguar, the first person that tweets this message, at Internet Doctor, I want the book, got social mediology. The first person that tweets that, James will get your information. He will send it to me. I will send you for free a signed copy of the book. Okay, we will do that. We're going to put that out uh, right now, and uh, we'll, we'll get that going. I appreciate it, brother. Absolutely, man. Hey, have a great new year, and we'll talk to you next week. Definitely. Thank you, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you. Thank you, brother. All right, take care. Jay Izzo with us today. That is that, and we got more coming up next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.